Right, so we said um, today, just, just as much as possible, um, if there are uh, questions about, about what we've been talking about, the energy body, what that is and how to practice with it, um, then this is a good space for that. So, anybody? Joe, yeah. Two questions, one for each of you, hopefully they're short. Um, so, ages ago, I learnt about the end of the body bubble, which was a teaching we talked about. And I'm just wondering if I've got this. My concept of this is right, that the, the body bubble could be one of the things on the spectral way of working, on the spectrum of one way of using the energy body. So to check for that. So it's like there are many ways of doing that. So okay, yeah. So Jill is, I'll repeat because usually people can't hear on. Um, Jill's asking um, that she remembers many years ago um, with me learning about, I think I must have called the body bubble. Yeah. Right? And so, um, which is really similar to what we talked about this morning in terms of just expanding the space of, of the awareness, just a bit bigger than the body. And that whole region um, becomes uh, uh, is sensitized to as a field of energy or vibration or texture, and um, is that one? W- would it be right to view that as one way of working with the energy body? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's for a lot of people. It will probably be um, the easiest and the most eff- efficacious way in. Yeah, so something just happens when you just open up the awareness. Just like we did the first thing I did this morning was just that. Open up the awareness, just hang out there. And sometimes you don't need to like do the breath or lights or, you know, all that stuff. It's just, oh, actually it's already a field of energy. So, um, not for everyone. Everyone's different, but oftentimes that is the easiest way to start to get, um, to, to, yeah, familiar with and sensitized to a certain way of feeling this bodily experience. And then from there, it can expand to all kinds of other things. And so, um, to clarify, I used it to check in, mm-hmm. and also to pull the quality off the shelf and say, like, peace in. Yeah. So, either of those is... Uh, yeah, so, um, Jill's saying, so, with this body bubble um, way of working, she's used it to just check in, and how am I doing, what's going on, yeah, uh, is one way. And a second way is... Um, to sort of deliberately infuse that space with a certain skillful quality, what the Buddha would call a skillful quality, like peace or happiness or, yeah. Um, but yeah, both completely great. Um, so with the first one, the checking in, that's what I was talking about this morning a little bit, just that this way of paying attention becomes a really, a really like fine, dis- potentially a fine discrimination of ha- what's going on, in- particularly emotionally. Or, as I said, you know, checking in with an image, like just the sense of, I, my mind doesn't get this yet at all, but I can tell, I can tell there's something here for me just because of what happens in the energy body. So I'm checking in just almost as the thing's going on, and it's telling me, it's te- it can tell me an awful lot, you know, and we can get really, really quite uh, refined, develop a refined sensitivity to that. And the second thing, this pluck is called plucking out a quality that's more, um, what I would associate with working certain ways uh, when we work when we develop samadhi, um, and so there's different one way of understanding what samadhi is is you're really tuning the whole being, the energy body and the mind and the consciousness to a certain quality, 
And so you can think about the jhanas that way. So the, with the first jhana, the quality that you're just sort of, if you say, plucking out of the ether, if you like, of the space, resonating to and just sort of absorbing into, getting into, is, is this kind of rapture or piti. With the second, it's uh, happiness, etc. So, And there's many more than just the eight jhanas, many more. And you can be quite... Um, you know, creative and make all kinds of cocktails and uh, all kinds of business. So, um, but, but basically this idea of tuning to certain vibrations or qualities um, uh, is really, really skillful. It's very helpful for somebody. It's also part of what goes on in imaginal work because, um, you know, what's happening when, when an image gets going is that there, there will be a whole constellation with it, partly of... Um, not just one emotion, but several emotions, love and eros and maybe grief or tenderness, all kinds of things, you know. And you can kind of tune to that whole constellation or, or different elements within it. So all this develops with time. It's great. I am quite relieved to find that I, I can actually do something worthy. <laughs> yeah, 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 thank you. I mean, what, like I think I said last night, you know, this will... This it's a lot. What we're what we're laying out is a lot, and um, you'll be drawing on everything you know. You know, mindfulness and mindfulness of body and samadhi and all, all this stuff. It's great. So uh, this also relates to what something else. I'm sorry, folks, but um, I I was really intrigued with what Catherine said today about finding areas that are sort of outside the a little bit outside the comfort zone. As a place of exploration. That makes perfect sense. But then, I, so for example, weirdly, when I think about light going into my body, I, maybe I think a bit more like a laser or something. I've not got the right light, but it, I'm really aversive to it. I don't like the idea of it at all. And yet, when I went outside and stood in the sunshine, I felt that my foot and feet on the ground. That felt like something I could do. understand um, Jill's saying there are certain sort of, if you like, things to try with the whole energy body thing that feel like really easy and comfortable and familiar and they work immediately, you get a sense that this is helpful. And there are other things which really don't. Yeah. Um, and so the question is uh, partly like, what's that balance between trying new things and actually just staying with what you know works? Yeah. Um, per- personally, I don't think there's, there's an you know, that there's one answer. It's, it's, we have to try new things, you know, otherwise, well, you're free not to, of course, but, um, but there's a way that we won't, we won't expand beyond what we already know. And Catherine and I were just mentioning, you know, earlier talking with each other, how easy it is to get into meditation habits. And, um, even of posture. And, and you say, oh, I sit a certain, I've really hurt my back, so, um, sit a certain way. And it's fine, and it works, and I can be mindful, and I can know what's going on emotionally. But it's actually not quite fully open and upright, just the posture. <coughs> and, and you know what happens? The 
um, the whole energy stay, the whole, um, well, the energy, but also then the experiences that open up will be limited by, by, in this case, a postural habit, which turns very easily into a meditation habit. Similar thing with ideas or attitudes or stances or what we're trying to do. It's so easy. You know, t- t- uh, a lot, everyone here has done, you know, plenty of meditation experience. So it's just, it's just human, you know. So, so, but within those habits, we've got lots of good habits, lots of really good habits, and lots of good things we know how to do. So you, you don't want to throw that out. That's, that's part of your bank of resources and your tool set and your skills. Lovely, yeah. And uh, for me, a lot about this practice is about just this attitude of, of daring to experiment and try things. The thing about experimenting in this situation is it's perhaps not just completely like a science experiment where you try something, it doesn't work right, so you just throw it out because what you try one day might work you know uh might close right right there and then nothing happens and then you know two hours later it's actually perfect so there's this whole quality there's this whole fact of the kind of the fluidity of our energy experience our whole our whole being and the necessity to respond to that do do you see what i mean um so i'm not quite sure about this uh, <laughs> but let me just say something. So, um, w- was it something one of us suggested, or? or? Cathy was talking about you know look for your look for the places that I'm kind of here. Look for the places that are sort of uncomfortable or ones I'm easy about places of exploration. Ah. Yeah. Okay. And and so what what did the ray of light have? Well, it's just I I've tried to do several times over several years. To do this way, you know, rays of light, like going into different parts of the body, uh-huh. and, uh, and then just okay. Something goes. Yeah. Don't so, so, so maybe leave it, you know. Yeah. But if you're talking about light and energy body, then there's plenty of other things, yeah. you know, plenty of other ways, like. Um, in a way, the light is all around, or the light's coming from inside of you, or what I mentioned briefly this morning, this, this body is, that bubble is a bubble of light that you yeah. talked about. All, all these things. And it might be that in time, that opens up further possibilities, which at some point include this. But, you know, it doesn't really matter at all. It's not like, boy, you're not really getting this until you can get that death ray star thing, <laughs> or whatever it is. <laughs> it's not like, you know... Um, Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. Okay. Good. Yes, Dave. Please. Um, it's sort of a similar question to Jill's in a way um, about that balance between doing what sort of flows more easily, um, but rather than balancing that and trying something new, it's the balance between that and working on those bits that through discrimination you've picked up, okay, this feels important and it's something I'm maybe avoiding or not paying attention to because it's easier to follow another route. Yeah. Um, So specifically with the energy body, um, I I find it a lot easier to almost start with image or with emotion, partly just for physical reasons and aches and pains and whatever. Um, and something I've noticed in this retreat is a sense that it's important to find a way to, to um, especially in practice, Catherine was talking us through with, you know, having you first before you then go into two-ness. And that felt really important, but 
you know, I spent, it feels like a story, I suppose, is that I spent years trying to do that, and then part of the beauty of this practice was that that could come second, it doesn't have to come first necessarily. Yeah. So I'm very interested in, you know, yeah, anything you, you'd have to say about that, how to balance the feeling of actually I know this is important, you know, there's a sort of almost like there's hard work to be done within the practice. There's there's something that feels important that, that should be tried differently or that there might be a block on versus, you know, going with what goes us naturally. Yeah, so um, I'm not 100% sure I understand, Dave, so let me see if I... Um, so there's a general point about what you, what you just said, like what's the balance between going, staying with what works and kind of, hey, this is good, why why change, uh, what's the, why, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, and kind of having a sense that mm, it would be good if this thing seems important and it's not quite, it's not quite there for me yet or I don't quite get it. And w- so there's a general point about, um, what I didn't quite understand was the specifics about the uh, energy body and the, do you want to say more? Well, so very often I find if I start my practice sort of in one uh, within within the body within myself yeah. without a sense of interaction with an image yeah. or something like that, that it can just get very blocked and really banal things like aches and pains and yeah. aversion and so on. And I often find that instead of really like, you know banging on that door. Yeah. Um, having, you know, allowing images to come in, allowing a sense of two-ness, yeah. sort of then gets me back round to a place where where that's okay. Okay. But I also have this, this sense there's something very important about being able, you know, about not always looking to another, an image, yeah. in order to, to, to get that stuff. That feels important, but... Okay, if I if I th- if I th- understand, um, um, th- there's there's a, a few different possibilities here because one is like, can I just stay here and be with my aches and pains and it be okay? Okay, I haven't said anything about energy body. It's just simple mindfulness. Okay, so I would say that's a that's a prerequisite. You know, it's like if if I'm not willing to just be here in this location with all the earth that's going on, then um, I need to work on that a bit, you know, uh, get that up. To, so the second possibility in what you mean is that when I start here, it doesn't open up the energy body. It just kind of stays at this kind of level of aches and pains and a bit of contraction. If that's what we're talking about, then I would say it doesn't matter. So a lot about this energy body business is just um, familiarity of accessibility. The more you have the experience of this, kind, the more it just becomes second nature. So for me at this point, it's just like, I just pay attention. It's just there right away. Why? Only just because I've done it so much. So, the, so if you if you develop the familiarity via image, and then, as I said, um, I think it was this morning, you know, so here's an image, and then part of what happens when that gets imaginal is the energy body starts to open up, get different, more energized, harmonized, etc. Now I've got the choice in the balance of attention, if we, if we relate to what can. And I could go mostly with the image. I could balance the energy body sense with the image, or I can come mostly to the energy body, and I can peel off into some kind of samadhi. It, it, does it make sense? Yeah? Um, now that's fine. If that's what, what you do a lot, so that what will happen eventually with that is just your body and consciousness, the whole 
being will just get used to perceiving the energy body so that you don't need to go around that way. Yeah. So if it's that that you're talking about, I wouldn't worry about it. If it's the first one about like, I'm just, I don't really like hanging out when it doesn't feel so good or, or just I'm, I'm not really good at just sitting here with the sensations or whatever, then yeah, I'd say, yeah, okay, sleeves rolled up, let's, let's work at that a bit more. Does that sound okay? Good, yes. Yeah, what's your name? Mikhail. Mikhail, hi, Mikhail. I would like to ask about soul making and samadhi because one thing you said today caught my attention uh, about the fork. Fork, yeah. Fork, yeah. Like, if I understood correctly, with working with the energy body, one might end up in a fork, like, like, to decide. Should I go, or do I want to go to the imaginal side, or more to the samadhi side? Um, in my practice history, I used to struggle a lot with samadhi practice. There was a strong interest, strong calling, but I just couldn't get it. And when I started to apply imaginal like ideas to my samadhi practice. Yeah it started to work. Great. And it started to work really beautifully. <clears throat> and and today it's it's the more I bring a sense of divinity in, in different stages of samadhi or or some kind of sacredness in PT or the breath or the energy body or something, the better it works. Yeah. But this confuses me because when I first started out, I thought that samadhi is lessening fabrication. And here I am, getting more and more fabrication going on, and the more beautiful samadhi I get. So, what's going on here? <laughs> um, so, <clears throat> let's make a couple of dis- discriminations. So, um, one is the sense of sacredness, and one is how much image is going on. Okay, um, so they overlap. In other words, when when there's a lot of image going on, part of the characteristic of the imaginal is a sense of sacredness. Okay, but you can have sacredness without image. You understand? So I would say it's an interesting thing with the just pure jhanas, like without the imaginal. I would say, um, for myself, definitely, definitely, sacredness starts to really come in at a certain point. And as you get deeper into the jhanas, um, it's characteristic, you know, of that. And they can be more or less infused with sacredness, kind of dependent on how you, how much you, partly how much you tinge it with, um, with image or, or some kind of conception. So, for example, here's this bliss, and I um, uh, regard it in that moment as um, some grace from the divine. Okay. Now the Buddha doesn't talk that way. Um, but it will, it will have the same experience will just be infused more with, with that characteristic. And so you can peel off again, this fork business, you can peel off and kind of emphasize different aspects. So it might be interesting if you want to, to start with image as you're doing, start with whatever kind of, um, uh, 
mystical ideas of sacredness, kind of semi-imaginal mystical ideas, open up the samadhi. And then it's like you feel, if you want to, it's not that you have to do this, but if you want to, just for the sake of your exploration, you could stay with that mix. Yeah, again, it can be the whole, the whole constellation of mystical imaginal idea and sacredness and uh, whatever the samadhi quality is of bliss or, or whatever, or, all mixed together relatively evenly. Or I can start to kind of lean a bit more one way or another. And within that mix that you're describing, you could lean just into the, if you like, the pure sensation of, let's say it's PT, just the pleasantness, and kind of let the more mystical idea or the image kind of be very secondary or even, even fade out. What you pay attention to will filter out of the experience and grow. Yeah. So, um, again, I don't think it matters too much about order, you know. If uh, samadhi, I would say, is dependent on happiness and inspiration, you can nail your attention to your nostril tips and uh, you don't blink for a microsecond and it's lacking in juice and inspiration, you're not going to get into any, any jhana or nothing at all. Jhana is, is dependent on a certain kind of, as I said, happiness and inspiration. Now, if it takes something imaginal to open that up for you, great, so be it. But once, once that's there, then you can kind of <coughs> play with the relative uh, weightings through the attention. Does that make sense? Yes. Is that answering your question? or? Yes, my head is just filled with another, uh, uh, more questions. More questions. <laughs> but this, this helps a lot. Okay. Um, should we leave it there, or? or? Yes, we leave. Oh, okay. Thank Thanks, Mikhail. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yes. Please. What's your name? Padmasuri. Padmasuri. Yes. I wonder about individual and collective energy body. Yeah. Like Catherine yesterday, sort of sets the intention with the Avalokiteshvara mantra, and all of us go into the same space and sort of form a collective. Yeah, absolutely. So, thank you for mentioning that. Um, Yeah, no question about it. So, energy body experience um, can can be individual or collective. Yeah, Um, and so can image. You know, so so people uh, you can enter into um, a collective. image with, with, with another person, you know, or, or a group of people, or whatever. And in a way, you know, some... Well, can I just encourage maybe Padma Sambhava could sit, not Padma Sambhava. No! <laughs> <laughs> could you come and sit here so that we didn't have to okay. I move forward. Thank you. Um, I'll sit at the feet of the... <laughs> <laughs> um, I should be sitting at your feet, right? <laughs> Thank you, yeah. Okay, so... Um, well, yeah, re- really good point. And I think, um, you see, this, this is what starts to happen when you start practicing in these ways. And now we're talking about energy body, but also with image. Um, you start to have a certain range, and then you, you get into practice. And then it's like, oh, hold on, this is a whole other thing now. Collective energy body sense. Could be in a dyad, a triad, could be a whole group of people, you know. Um, and then there's also the possibility of collective imaginal sense. Yeah, that that my and that what I was saying was like the possibility, you know, sometimes of when when a when a group shares a ritual, you know, you're often actually it probably won't be everyone, but there's a kind of collective, if you like, entering into or sharing of a certain imaginal sense. And when you when you do all, all 
um, there are all kinds of possibilities of what supports it. But to me, if you if you if one feels ready to open up to these elements of practice, there's something. Hey, before I say that, there's something to repeat again. The nature of these kind of practices, they start expanding in all kinds of ways. They start growing. It's like, I haven't even thought of that as a possible site. And then you go, like, whoa, this is what Catherine will talk about. Eros Psyche Logos starts expanding and breaking into new territory. Um, and, and, you know, part of then what's, get, if, if it gets interesting to you is that, oh, what supports that? What supports that? So if you, you and I, we haven't talked about much about, um, live dyad imaginal practice like in, in twos but um if if you and i were practicing in a certain way what what allows us to feel a shared sense of energy body and what gets in the way of that all kinds of things can get in the way um you, you know this kind of psychological hang-ups and clinging and you know just not paying attention so there's there's all kind we could list all kinds of conditions that allow that coming together um or that that experience opening out of the experience of a, of a collective energy body and all kinds of um conditions uh that kind of close it or make it unavailable and the same and the same with a shared imaginal sense does it make sense mm-hmm. yeah um so yeah thank you for saying that and um it's it's something that C- Catherine and I uh, w- work with, but we we haven't really uh, put put it out there yet. But absolutely, and if if you sense that, then that just becomes part of your experience. And if it feels comfortable, go for it. One more question. You said today that you would like to download the information to us, but that's quite difficult. But if you have this collective sort of, would information be able to go through? <laughs> um, Sometimes I, I feel yes, and um, you know, th- th- there's a level where perhaps that can feel um, you know, extremely mysterious or kind of like uh, uncanny, you know. Um, and it, it's almost like Catherine and I were talking about this a while ago. It's, it's almost like you know um, when in in uh, when you have a- a- electrons in an atom and and they kind of orbit the atom and they jump. It's called a quantum jump. Do you, you guys know this? It's like the electrons jump from one state to another. Is that, yeah. Um, and so sometimes what what can happen is the field jumps together. So the one one electron jumps. You jump, and I, I just find myself jumping with you, or vice versa. And you kind of say, who, who started that? <laughs> um, so there's a way, when, when there's a lot of openness between people, when there's a lot of sensitivity, attention, again, we could list these conditions. When there is this kind of sensitivity to these kind of things, that, that kind of thing can happen. Um, but then, then, you know, we could make this one, well, wow, you know. Um, two things about that. One is, um, you know, just think about sharing a joke or, or like you saying something and, or us cracking up about something together. What is going on there? There's something of the same kind of thing happening. We, we understand something. That it, it's, how are we going to put that into words and what happens in the field? Do, do you understand? There's, a, there's, a, there's something, I think, magical and mysterious about that. And a similar kind of thing is happening. This is everyday thing, hopefully. Um, so, so, you know, this is not something so, so strange. Second thing to say for me, um, and it relates to a bit what I was saying about realism and all that. So, um, 
don't know how to say this. Um, I'm really not sure how to say it, but um, I think, you know, um, the, the, the distinction or the mapping out of, say, um, what we're calling imaginal and, say, ESP or remembering past lives or seeing ghosts and all that, um, there's distinctions there and, and all this kind of o- overlaps a little bit. I think, for me, it feels, again, that if, and I'm not at all suggesting that you're doing this, but but um, if we get a little bit into this kind of like interested in the paranormal sort of thing, it might be fascinating and interesting and all that, and you know, it won't be the same as opening up the soul making. It, and again, this goes back to the intention thing. There's a way we grasp it. This paranormal is something real. Okay, it's unusual and it's kind of interesting, but it's real. The imaginal is more leaning towards the neither real nor not real, and that opens up experience in, in, a, in a very different way, with different kinds of sacredness and blessing that won't other people... So there's, there's a subtle distinction. And yet there are relationships and there are overlaps. And, yeah. So, not at all to say that that was in your question, but just as a general point. Did that make, make sense? Yeah. So, um, good. Yeah, thank you. Some problem. Thank you. So, so Sampo's asking that he's done a lot of practice with emptiness practices where the energy body is involved, but it's really involved in two principal ways. One is just registering um, 
am I on the right track in terms of, as I said this morning, is there letting go here or is there contraction? And if there's contraction, how can I let go? That's one of the ways. It's a, it's a navigating mechanism in the, in the emptiness practice. And the second way is, uh, again, this fork thing. So you can be doing an emptiness practice and, and go into some samadhi with the energy body. Um, but all that, as you point out, actually, um, even if we include all the different kind of tones of samadhi that can be there, it's still much a much smaller range than uh, what I was talking about and what you're alluding to, the range of what's involved in soul-making perceptions uh, and what becomes available in, in the energy body. Yeah. Um, so, yes, yes, a lot can be more subtle. I don't know about the not bodily. Maybe, maybe it's the fact that um, a lot of the qualities you're talking about, meaningfulness and a sense of soul-making, are, um, you could say, um, mental qualities reflected in the body, you could say, or uh, they're not so tangible like that, maybe, maybe if that's I understood you right. But basically, yeah. And so, again, what was, okay, I was comfortable with this range of practice, now, now it's opened even more. And there's all kinds of colors and shades and directions and possibilities and, and, and getting slowly used to that and comfortable with that. But is that. So I'm kind of agreeing with you. Is that, is that, okay. <laughs> <laughs> is there a question or no? No, it's just fixed one. It's not easy. Oh, okay. Um, or maybe with the, So, so in a way, this relates to some of the other questions um, uh, where we started. So don't, you don't have to push too hard on what's kind of not working or not, not as good as it, I've imagined it should be. Yeah. So there's an image, there's a sense of soul-making and meaningfulness and all that. I, you're registering that somehow. The fact that it's, it's not quite as vivid in the energy body as you would, that doesn't matter. Just get into it and, and enjoy it. And you, you, you recognize that sense of soul-making and tune into what feels, uh, what feels soul-making. And just register then from that, the experience, as I said, kind of enriches and expands and gets more, we, we become more sensitive, as you said. But don't, you don't have to push too hard on what feels like, hmm, that could be better. Some images, one, one is not sure, like, is, is, is this soul making, or is this going into a grasping desire or a neurotic desire, and all of that kind of the navigating? Yeah, well, there might be other qualities than, um, I guess what I'm saying is you don't have to lean on just the energy body aspect to, to um, navigate. You know, there's um, qualities like mystery, you know, that would be um, unfathomableness. You know, let's let's take just sexual desire when it gets contracted and small-minded. It, it's kind of missing that unfathomableness and unfathomability of the object and of the subject and of the eros itself. It's kind of missing the mystery. It misses um, uh, actually dimensions of beauty. All, all this. So some of that you can pick up on anyway as as an indicator. It doesn't have to always be immediate. I want it now, now reflected in the energy body. You understand? So trust, it, it's already there for you. You, you. you trust these other indicators and, and the other elements of the experience will begin to fill out and, and come alive slowly. 
Yeah. Okay. Very good. Um, let's have just a bit of quiet for you. <coughs> Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.